0: السلام عليكم الله اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا محمد وعلى اله سيدنا محمد كما صليت على سيدنا ابراهيم وعلى اله سيدنا ابراهيم في العالمين انك حميد مجيد اللهم يا حي يا قيوم يا من تنام العيون وتنكد النجوم انت حي قيوم لا تاخذك سنة ولا نوم يا ذا الجلال والاكرام صلي وسلم على محمد العدنان واله وسلم ربنا تخلنا في اجتماعنا هذا مدخل صدغن وخرجنا منهمُ مخرج صدق واجعل لنا فيه من لدنك سلطان النصير ربما اجعل أوله صلاحا أو فلاحا أخره نجاحا نذلك الله فيه خير الدنيا العمل الأخيرة تبع لنا فيه تبوة النصوح أصلح فيه اللَّهُمَّ من الجسد وقلب والروح طهر اللهم ألسنتنا من الكذب وقلوبنا من النفاق وعمَلَنَا من الرياء وابصرنا من الخيانة فانك تعلم الخيانه لعنت في صدور ات نفوسنا تقوها وذكر فانك انت خير من ذكها وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اياك نعبد واياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين انعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين امين اعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم Alhamdulillah wa salatu wa salam ala Rasulullah al Muhammad ibn Abdullah wa alihi wa sahbihi wa s-salim. Rabbi sh-rahli sadrii wa amri wa h-lul uqdatan min l-lisani qawli. Rabbi ya ud-i'na and ni'mataka and Amta alayya wa ala walidayya wa na'amala salihan tar'dah wa as-shlihli fi dhurriyeti inni tuktu ilayka wa inni minal muslimin. Now last week we discussed the revelation when it was brought down to Sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa in the cave. And the beginning of the message of Islam being delivered to those who were closest to him in the shape of the three most important people at that time on this earth, after Sayyidina Muhammad which is the Sayyidina Khadija ta'ala anha, which is one of the Sayyids of the women of the world. Okay, as the Rasulullah said in the Hadith, uh, and Khadija bint Khwayid are highest among the women of the world there are no women higher than them The letter in another hadith he added to them Asya, Imra'ata Faraon and he added Fatima, his own daughter radiyallahu ta'ala anha wa ardaha. and Abu Bakr al-Siddiq his closest friend and Ali ibn Abi Talib his cousin whom he brought up in his own home and later on married his daughter. And the dawah then began of the Prophet sallallahu in a very secretive way. Although he himself has been seen, like normally he will go to the Kaaba and pray, thus his salah, make his dua, but different to the people of the time. Because the people of the time, although they were following some aspect of the du'a and the salah and the ibadah that is inherited from Sayyidina Ismail السلام, but they added extras to it or they removed some of the aspect of the worship itself from it. Abu Bakr became the most important and vital component for the da'wah at that time. And in fact there is nobody who has done more da'wah at that time than Abu Bakr mm-hmm. most of the important people that we know of in Islam they came through Abu Bakr As-Siddiq. he is the one who was going out to bring them the fairest of those people is Sa'ad ibn Abi Waqqas who was a noble man okay, from a very noble family and quite rich and people respected him and he was the cousin of Amina the mother of Rasulullah so Abu Bakr Siddiq realized somebody like him will bring people later on because he's from Medina. So he went across to him and told him about what Muhammad sallallahu has received and what he has taken from him. The first reaction from Sa'ad, he said to him, أَكَفَرْتَ يَا أَبُو بَكَرِ have you rejected Allah to These are the gods that they used to worship: Allah Lat, uzza and many others. 360 as it's recorded. Okay? A Lat uzza Ya Abu Bakr. Abu Bakr did not talk about himself, whether he believed or rejected anything, but he talked about the Prophet and he said to him, Ya Sa'd Inna Muhammadan Yadru Il Musawa nas Oh Sa'ad Muhammad, peace be upon him, invites to the one God an equality between people. Now this later on is translated in understanding how wakar Siddiq used to work. He used to think of people from the Jahiliya time as equal. He never favors somebody over somebody. He never puts somebody before somebody. He always he always thought differently than other people. Okay? Then he tame to him and said to him, ya Sa'ad, la jahan malan. he does not want a position through this da'wah, neither he wants any payment or wealth or recognition for it. He doesn't want that. Then Saad asks him, him? who follows him in what he is calling? Who follows him? If we can move this there, yeah, because otherwise. Okay. Who follows him? Then he says, Anna wa Ali. Myself, Ali ibn Abi Talib Ali at that time was young. Okay? Anna wa Ali. About 10 years old, Ali. Allah said, I know sallam. Where is the Messenger of Allah, peace be upon him, now? He turned to him and said to him, Shaab, ajyad. Shaab, okay, is just the name of an area outside Mecca. So straight away, Saad went to see Rasulullah, okay, and sat with him. For a little bit and questioned him about what he brought. In that day, Sa'ad says there was nobody approaching the Prophet. I was alone with him. I accepted the message he was delivering and I spent seven days and seven nights. And I was feeling so good within me because I felt if Islam is being established on the earth now and divided, I am a third of the Muslim Ummah at that time. When he was asked, what does he mean by that? He said, there was Khadijah, he lent Khadijah the a Muslim, as an adult. And then there was the Wakr siddiq and then there is himself. And that is to show... How fortunate he was to understand and realize from earlier on how important the da'wah for those who came early. And you know, he's one of those whom Rasulullah Sallam gave the good tidings that he will enter paradise. No doubt about it. Guaranteed for him. Okay? He's from those early ones. And then, his mother, Sa'ad's mother, when she heard Sa'ad became a Muslim, she became very, very angry. Because he was respected and looked up to. Now she felt, how could he reject his father's okay, way of worshipping God? This is wrong. She called him. And she said to him, Yes, Sa'ad, Atruq mu'anta Leave what you have taken. And don't follow Muhammad. Peace be upon him, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He said to her, but he's only inviting me for one thing. That I believe in one God. And that I should not look into the idols as a medium between me and God. Because I don't need that. And that all people in the sight of God are equal. And I love that. She said to him, that's not true. If you do not reject what Muhammad, sallallahu has asked you to embrace, I'm not eating or drinking. And I'm not speaking to you. So she stopped speaking to him. And started fasting. After three days, it is reported that she collapsed. When she collapsed, she had a son called Imara. He was looking at Saad and saying, let us do something. He said, help her. So they got her up. The Imara gave her water to drink because she would not speak to Saad, although she used to love him very much. She drank the water and she opened her eyes and he says she was making dua against him, asking the gods to destroy him for what he is doing. Okay? Here, later on we learned that a portion of the Qur'an was revealed because of that instant. Okay? Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, أَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانُ الرَّجِيمُ وَوَصَّيْنَا الْإِنسَانَ بِوَالِدَيْهِ حَمَلَتْهُ أُمُّهُ وَهْنًا عَلَى وَهْنًا وَفِصَالُهُ فِي عَامَيْنَ أَنِشْكُرْ لِي وَلِوَالِدَيْكَ إِلَيَّ الْمَصِيرُ And we remind the human and advise him that your parents has such an important position in your life, especially your mother, she carried you in pain. She delivered you in pain and difficulty. And for two years, she's is you, looking after you, cleaning you, sustaining your living because you cannot sustain yourself at that age. When a child becomes two and older, They can pick themselves. Okay? They can begin to walk and do things by themselves. But before that, they can't. They need to be looked after and cared for. Okay? Allah then is saying, for this purpose and this reason, you must always show gratitude to me and to your parents. Showing gratitude to Allah here literally means realizing that you are a created being, you are a weak individual among the uncountable creations of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And over that, you should remember, you were born. And you were delivered, unaware of yourself and unable to cater for yourself. So thank your parents for catering for you, looking after you, allowing you to be the person whom you are today. If a person always remembers this, he will always think of himself as a servant of God. Allah then goes to say, "If your parents strive and struggled against you to take partners with me, that which you have knowledge of, then you should not obey them. This is where Saad disobeyed his mother, and it was unheard of in the tradition of the Arabs that the children will go against their parents. They will always follow the line of their parents. They defend the family and the blood okay, and the tribe in that. But although you are not going to listen to what they are advising you, you must accompany them with dignity, respect and support to them. You should never neglect them. This is something that we need to awaken for now because we hear some new people coming up and saying, Well, because my father doesn't pray, I'm not listening to him, or I'm not doing this to him, or I'm not going to him, I'm not talking to him, or whatever. All those things. And over that, there are some Muslims who are giving advice to new Muslims, that if your parents are not Muslims, cut yourself off them. That is not Islam. The verse is very clear. This is not the word of the Prophet ﷺ, but the commandment of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to something that took place at the beginning of Islam. To the man who claimed to be a third of the Muslim Ummah at that time. Sa'ad ibn Abu Qas, who says, Okay, this is revealed because of me. I will never neglect my family to that. Okay, which Allah has commanded me to do. And follow the path of those who have turned their face to me. Now, this is a very beautiful area of the Quran whereby for us today who are living, we need to make sure that anybody whom we accompany, we travel with, we live next to, we associate ourselves with, we take as a friend, must be somebody who is always turning their face to Allah. Otherwise, we're going to be in error because Allah is commanding in the Quran. وَاتَّبِعْ سَبِيلًا مَنْ All the time follow the path of somebody who will remind you of Allah. Who will lead you to Allah. Who will guide you to Allah. Who will direct you to Allah. But other than that, keep away. Because it will be your doom if you don't listen to Allah's advice. Indeed your return will be to me. Then I will be informing you. Relating to you. Of that which you used to do. I will be the judge. Nobody should judge anybody now. Neither myself nor anybody else is in a position to judge anybody regarding the matter of the heart. And therefore, when we learn as Muslims the seerah, one of the aspects of learning and getting all these little stories to realize the seerah is made of the Quran. Literally, the Quran, okay? Is telling us Muhammad وسلم, a story because it every aspect of his life for 23 years, okay, from the time he received the message to time he died, is to do with his theory, his life, the revelation, okay, and this is very, very important. Now, Abuq Suddih started going out and inviting more people secretly. Realizing this matter is so important because. His nation was doomed, according to him. Their end will not be a good one. Their life is not really a good life. So he felt this is a change that Quraysh especially is needing at that time. To bring some dignity to the people who are living an equality and making life a better life, not a miserable, doomed life. Okay? While this is happening... A man approached the Prophet ﷺ while he was sitting around the Kaaba. And the Kaaba at that time used to be open. Okay? And this man called Amru. He walked in and looked at the Prophet. ﷺ because Bakr Sadiq already informed him. He realized he's a good man and he's one of those people. If he becomes a Muslim, a lot will come through him. So he went to the Prophet ﷺ and said to him who are you? He didn't say, a told me or anything. He said, who are you? He said, straight away, the Prophet ﷺ knew, this one will be, one day somebody important. He said, Ana I am the Prophet. The man said to him, but what a Prophet? What is the Prophet? What does that mean? Okay. He says to him, ﷺ, Allah subhanahu wa Taala has sent me, to the jinn and the human. The man is still said to him, with what? He's confused. He didn't know what the Prophet ﷺ was talking about. With what did he send you? Okay. He said to him, in a simple way, subhanallah, I wanted to listen to what the Prophet told this man. Because really, he didn't tell him, he is asking me anything that is like... You must believe in him alone. You must just worship him. He talked to him according to his position that he was in at that time. Later on the Prophet taught us, خاطب النَّاسِ عَلَى قَدْرِ عُقُولِهِمْ If you want to be a da'iyah and you are inviting people, address them according to the level of their understanding. Come down to their level or go up to their level. Stay with them where they are. But don't look down at them. Don't put them in a position whereby they feel ridiculed by you or judged by you, because that will not be the right or pious way. He says to him, بِصِلَةَ الْأَرْحَامِ وَكَسْرَ الْأَصْنَامِ Two things. I'm coming to you with a message that should be delivered to everyone I know, that we must keep our ties with our families. And we must destroy those idols. And at that time, subhanallah, At-Tanahur, that means the killing and the fighting between the tribes and the families of the area, was absolutely unimaginable. People were fighting wars for years. Non-stop. If you think the Palestinian-Israeli problem has been a long time fighting one another, or the Northern Island problem has been there for a long time, it's nothing. They used to fight wars for hundreds of years. And not any party is winning tit for tat, okay you kill one we kill one you steal 50 camels, we steal 50 from and so on it was going on like that so this message here is to say to him the religion first of all if we want to believe in one God and to adhere to him by destroying the idols we must link with those who are related to us then we can relate ourselves to him and subhanallah we learned later on from the Prophet sallallahu indeed there is a pillar next to the throne of Allah the womb. It remembers Allah with these words Allahumma oh awsil man wasalani man O Allah, link to you those who link to their families and cut off from you those who cut their links with their families. And this is a message in our time now is needed because really there are resemblance of Jahiliyyah in our practice today because. We're cutting our links with our families. We need to be in touch. We need to be close to them. We don't want to be like people who live in the same street and they don't know that person is their cousin or their uncle until they are dead. And suddenly they realize there is inheritance. They come and knock the door and say, do you know that your uncle was living there? Really? I have no idea. And that should not happen to anybody who believes in Allah. It's a sign of hypocrisy. Okay? Mm. Then, he says, immediately, straight away. And who is with you? Who is following you? Look at the Prophet Sallallahu <laughs> way of telling him as well. wa'abd. I only have two people. Hurr wa'abd. At this moment of time, I have two people. One of them is free man. One of them is a slave. Meaning, Abu Bakr sadiq and Bilal ibn Rabah. Because at that time, Bilal became a Muslim. And subhanAllah, the, the story of Bilal is a beautiful story. But his Islam is also through Abu Bakr Sadiq. And to show you before Islam, Abu Bakr used to have a soft heart towards all those people who have been brought from different land, slavered and sold in the market of Makkah. He didn't used to like it. He used to look after them. And so immediately, because he used to meet Bilal in his way and talk to him and treat him well, his owner was Umayyah ibn Khalaf, one of the terrible men of Makkah. And he was one of the richest men. The Prophet ﷺ, when he was talking to Abu Bakr Siddiq about yani, what he does, he was always cautious that he would not get into trouble. But he didn't worry. So he went to the house of Umayyah and outside he was shouting, calling, Ya Bilal, Ya Bilal, come down. And Bilal said, what is it? He said, come down. He said to him, did you hear of the man that was being sent to us to bring us that which will unite us and make us equal before God and allow us to worship directly rather than through the idols? When he began to tell him, who is this? He said, Muhammad. He didn't even question. He said, if it is Muhammad ibn Abdullah, I do believe in whatever he says. And immediately, subhanAllah, he took him to the Prophet ﷺ, he became Muslim, and he was hiding his iman. So, for this reason, the Prophet told this, Amru, With me, there is a free man who was a worker and a slave. Why did he tell him that? The wisdom behind that is to say to him, in this religion of mine, there is no distinction. All is equal before God. Because the religion of the idol worshippers, there is distinction. Yeah? There is distinction. Like we see today, for example, in India, we have got those who are supposed to be from the God's people and those who are untouchable. They are not even worthy to come to your home or even clean it for you. And if you really want to be kind to them, you can allow them to clean your toilets. And I don't think there is a creator who will do such a thing. In the creation there is equality anybody who will have a magnitude weight of an atom of a feeling that he is better than anybody else forget about it because that is not the sign of faith in the heart inna allah la yuhibbul allah said in the quran i dislike i would never like those who act with arrogance i remember the story of the creation of man began of bringing down okay the fairest human and his wife to earth because of the arrogance of Iblis. If Iblis did not make his mistake and act with arrogance, they will all be living in heaven. And that is something that we need to reflect upon. Amr then said to Rasulullah Sallam, Inni إِنِّي From this moment, I'm going to be following you. I'm not leaving. I'm not going back to my people. I like what you say. نعم. من؟ uh, Islam. Sa'ad Muslim. Sa'ad Muslim. Lakin the Prophet sallallahu when he addressed him with this at the present, at the area where they were they were sitting there was Bilal and Abu Bakr sitting. And he pointed out those two. You see? But Sa'ad already the Muslim. Okay? Because Sa'ad was number three. Okay? Then Bilal became number four. Okay? But literally if you count Ali they were five. You see? But as I said Ali because he was young Sa'ad, in his statement, according to him, and he wanted to give himself more share, he made a three. So he had more. At his fourth, he will get a quarter, 25%. He wants more than that. Okay? Now, the Prophet, when he heard him say, I'm going to be following you, he was worried. Because by this man going back to his tribe, talking about it, then definitely there will be wars. There will be fighting. There will be argument. Because now, he's going out and bringing people into Mecca who are going to fight Quraysh. The Prophet wisely said to him, Okay? إِنَّكَ لَا ذَلِكَ إِنَّكَ لَا ذَلَكَ يَوْمَكَ هَذَا You will not be able to do this in this day with me. The reason being, if you stay here and you follow my way, your tribe got to know about what is going on, they will definitely prepare themselves and they will come to take you back and you will not want to go and they will fight me. That's not good enough. You see what's happening to the people that are around me. Can't you see the state between me and my own people in Mecca? Because the rumors were going around. Go back to your people. When you hear I am declared, then come immediately to see me. <laughs> Islam at that time is sacred. The lesson is, even today, when we are advising people whom we are inviting to Islam among the non-Muslim families, and they come to us with their anguish and fear that their families might cut them off, that they might mistreat them, that they might throw them out of the house, we don't say, look, astaghfirullah, the kuffar, just go in and do whatever is right. If they put you, food, no, this is haram, I want halal food. If the time of the prayer comes, put your prayer mat, put your Quran on. It's wrong. To do a da'wah like this, you are not following Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah said to him, invite to the way of Allah by wisdom. This is not wise. I remember a great man who converted to Islam. I saw him once, and because I always talk like this. This is in 1981. Here, not far away from here. And he came to me shouting, speaking to me, are you the one who says that we, we should do this and we should do that? I said to him, yes, he should. He said, to him, "But my mother is a kafira so I said to him, "She is. You used to be, won't you?" I am a Muslim. I said to him, "You used to be. Think about it." He said, "Yes." So I said to him, "Listen. What's your problem?" He said, "My problem is my mother is very educated. She's high in her post, and I go to visit her. And when I don't eat the meat she's cooking, she gets angry with me. What is this you are bringing into my house? And when I..." Put the Quran on to listen to it. Not for her. She get angry with me. She said to me, put it down. What is this rubbish you are listening to? And I can't take it anymore. So I said to him, subhanallah, this is not the way the Prophet sallallahu will teach you personally to do this. Neither I will accept, I will accept this to be done. But what do you want me to do? I said to him, look, listen. If you want to listen to my personal advice, use wisdom. You like to eat meat with your mother? He said, but not her meat. I said okay you live in London she lives outside London go to the best halal butcher buy the best joint of lamb you go to her on a Sunday that your mother would like to eat Sunday roast say to her mom today I'm buying the roast is she going to say no I said of course she would love it I'm buying I said okay just buy it then tell her I'm bringing the meat then when you go there rather than putting the Quran to listen to sit down and talk to her just talk to her about her life and what's happening Ask her a question about her faith. What does she do? Generally. Rather than annoying her. And wallah, Allah is my witness. Later on in his life, he came to me one day, said to me, Sheikh, I can't really thank you enough. That changed her 180 degrees. Rather than rejecting me and shouting at me and abusing me, she said to me, why don't you listen to Quran? No, 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 I want to talk to you. No, no, go and listen to your Quran. So that kind of, and she will love him bringing the meat and she will avoid anything. She began to move anything. She would not cook ham on the pans, whatever. so that She didn't want to annoy him. He came to her softly. She was beginning to come back to him softly. So here Rasulullah Sallam is telling this guy, gently. When you hear him declared, come back to me. But I don't want to go and declare the same thing. And it's not like that. Like a lot of brothers now say, oh, we should just go out and show it." No. We have to be absolutely careful how we go about doing things. Okay? Rasulullah at that time didn't have a place, an abode through which he can go to sit down with those companions he brought to train them, teach them, show them example, pray with them. The only place was the Kaaba in the Mecca. But it was a place whereby he's seen and abused. He suffered. A lot of people don't know that the Prophet suffered. Really, when you read the seerah properly and read the nitty gritty of how he suffered Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, you will cry. Why did he do that? For us to save us. And here today we say he brought the sunnah and he died. Some people say that. He just delivered the message. That's it. Astaghfirullah azim Now, this is something that we need to be careful about. Where he used to give his da'wah properly? In the mountains. Okay? Abu Bakr Siddiq began to realize that the Prophet ﷺ is moving to the mountain and going and sitting and doing a lot of things for himself. That he is doing so that he can increase his spiritual standing. From this we learn as well, if we really want to become very spiritual, we should take some time out from the family, from the work. should have seclusion. Maybe they are sleeping. Get up. You don't say, I don't have time. Take some of the time when you sleep, even half an hour, one hour, sit alone, reflect. Think about the wrong you have done and ask Allah to forgive you. Think about the good you have done and thank Allah for allowing you. Because that's the way the wise people do. Rasulullah Sallallahu was encouraged by Allah to do that and later on it became compulsory for him that he must spend the night worshipping Allah. وَمِنَ الليلي لَهُ لَيْلًا طَوِيلًا Allah said to him From the night, pray, prostrate And spend most of the night glorifying him Okay وَمِنَ الليلي بِهِ In another verse So Allah is commanding Muhammad to spend his time That is personal between him and his Lord In worshipping him He didn't say to him, go and sleep and rest your body He didn't say that Okay This is something that we need to think about Some of the noblemen of Quraysh became Muslims through Abu Bakr Siddiq. One by one, he used to go to them. And you can read their stories. Uthman ibn Affan, Wadzubayr ibn al-Awam, Abdurrahman ibn Awf, Wutalha. And these are the Sabiqun, These are the early Muslims. Then later on, okay, in the same period, Abu Ubaid ibn al-Jarrah, Al-Arqam, ibn Abil arqam became Muslim. And this is where his home became the school of Islam, the fairest madrasa, as they call it, or the fairest school for Islam, Darul Arqam, is the home of this man, Al-Arqam, Ibn Al-Arqam, who took shahada, and then he said to Rasulullah why do the people have to go and look for you in the mountains? Come to my home. Initially, the Prophet was rejoicing, but then he realized, people might see. But then they agreed, when people come, they come secretly. And the funniest thing, the funniest thing about that, when people used to come secretly, even people like Abu Sufyan and Abu Jahl used to secretly come and hide and listen to the Quran. They didn't even want to go in there. They see people going in, they listen. Until one day, one of them caught the other. So Abu Sufyan said to Abu Jahl, what are you doing here? <laughs> I thought we were working to reject him from the community. And Abu Sufyan said to him, what are you doing here? So each one of them is asking the other, what are you doing here? And then one of them was telling the truth by Allah Almighty God, I come regularly here. Initially I wanted to see who comes in so that we can begin to fight them outside and refuse them coming. Take them away from Muhammad so that he would not get this popularity. However, every time I come, what I hear is so beautiful. But yet he would not admit that this is the message that he should follow because Allah did not guide them yet. Okay? Who came? After that, Uthman ibn Madh'un, very famous. And Uthman ibn Madh'un, by the way, his story is beautiful and you should read it as well because this is the man who used to be blind and said to Allah, I want to see. And the Prophet taught him to go and pray Torah Ga'a Salah and to ask Allah by Muhammad to see. He said to him, go and say to Allah, Oh Allah by Muhammad, allow me to see. And he saw. You see? Wasilah. Okay, for Muhammad. This is a very famous story. Wa Ubaida ibn al Harith ibn Mu'talib, a cousin of Rasulullah, U Said ibn Zaid, Uhab ibn al Art Abdullah ibn al-Maz'ud, the great muhaddis, and mufassir of the Quran, wa Ammar ibn Yasir, the famous young man whom his father and mother were punished and killed, okay? Wa Souhayb Wagairahum, Souhayb al Rumi, very famous. Okay? At this moment of time when all those people who are important in Mecca <laughs> became Muslims, rumors began to spread that Muhammad is spreading a new okay, fitna, they call it. And they began to talk badly about him. Never, never any man or woman sat in Mecca or outside Mecca speaking a word about Muhammad. But then it began. And they said, Terrible thing about Rasulullah, <laughs> okay, that would not even be repeated. Three years they were in that condition, going, okay? Suddenly the Prophet received Jibreel alayhi <speaking> and he said to him, Fasda <speaking> bima Get up, O oh Muhammad, and declare what you have been commanded for yourself to declare for others, and keep yourself away from the Mushriksh. Now shirk became the enemy. Not at this moment, kufr. Because kufr is different. Shirk is somebody who is trying to worship Allah, but taking an idol so that he can get to Allah, which is not allowed, which is the greatest sin. But kufr meaning somebody who doesn't know. He wants to know. He has no understanding. And that is a very big difference. Okay? A mushrik is somebody who says, I'm religious. I worship something. But a kafir doesn't. Okay, And then also another verse came to him. warn The closest to you from your family. His uncles and their children. He must warn them. Okay, The first verse is from Surah Al-Hajr, verse 94. And the second one is from Surah Al-Shu'ara, 214. However, when you go out, O Muhammad, of your way to speak to your family, you must speak to them with humility. Allah says to him here, جَنَاحَكَ لَمِنَ مِنَ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And you must be always kind and gentle to those who will follow you in that which you believe in, that which you trust in, that which you take for yourself. Okay, You must be good to them. And in Surah Al-Hajr, verse 29, Allah said to him, وَقُلْ إِنِّي أنا النَّذِيرُ مُبِينَ And say, O oh Muhammad, I am the warner. I am the clear, evident for you to understand right from wrong, good from evil. This is my way and this is my message. So immediately, after receiving such verses, he was so happy with himself, he went to as safa Today as safa is just a little hill and surrounded by a building, but it was open. So he climbed in as safa And the Arabs at that time, they have a phrase. When anybody climb up and call this phrase, people will gather. Ya Sabaha. Ya Sabaha. Once everybody heard him, they all rushed. And those who could not come to the place, they sent a representative to listen to the message and deliver it to them. For whatever reason, they are busy, they are in a meeting, Okay, they are unable to come. Okay. He, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, then said, Ya Bani al muttalib O children of Abdul muttalib Ya Bani Fihr, O children of Fihr, Ya Bani Ka'b, O children of Ka'b, Araayitum lahu akhbartakumu anna khaylan bithafi hadha al-jibbal to read, if I told you, from this place where I am standing, there is an army of horses about to attack you, would you believe me? They are not ignorant. And they know he is a wise, truthful man. He will not lie to them. And he is in a position whereby he could see behind the mountain and he could see beyond the mountain. So they said, naam. Yes, we will accept whatever you tell us, Ya Muhammad. Then he says, I am a warner for you. That there will be a grave punishment awaiting those who will not believe. Those who will not believe in my message. Most of these are reported in most of the hadith book, like Bukhari, Muslim, in the chapter speaking about the revelation and the message being delivered. Who was listening at that time? His uncle Abu Lahab and his wife called Ummu Jamil. They didn't like what he was saying because they knew if they are to follow him their position will be lost. This is what they think because they were using the worship of the idol to subjugate, to slave, to oppress others and raise themselves and give themselves a position. They are not of the good people, as indicated. So Abu Lahab turned to the Prophet ﷺ and said to him, Tabban, thair al Tabban I if to say to him may you be a loser for what you have said or what you are saying all this day what, what kind of rubbish you are talking about in his way of talking for this you called us is this something to call the people for leaving us coming here to listen to what what are you talking about Him and his wife started walking away. The Prophet ﷺ felt very, very, very sad. And the reason for his sadness, because he was his neighbor and because he used to love him so much and respect him. And there was a good relationship between the both of them. And his name is Abu Lahab. Not people sometimes think father of the fire because he's going to go to the hellfire. No. His name originally is Abdel Uzza. But Abu Lahab. Because his face used to be shining. People, will look at him like a sun. Very smart, very handsome, very eloquent, very beautiful, very powerful, and very courageous. But because of his stand with the Prophet, nothing of the good he used to have is being said about him. Abu Lahab is the man who has the face that shines. And subhanAllah, the Prophet felt so sad. His face became يعني, yellow, they say, from sadness because he loved him. And he didn't dislike his uncle for what he did. But the Prophet went on. Allah sallallahu alayhi wa Ya Fatima, his daughter Fatima was there. Ya Fatima, it's Muhammad. Ya Safiyya, I'm Rasulullah, his auntie Safiyya. Ya Bani al Muttalib, all children of Abd al Muttalib. La amlukulakum min Allahi Shayya. I will not be able to save you in the day of judgment without you turning to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Submitting your will to his will. If you don't do that, I can't help you. This is also a clear indication. With faith, we can help one another. But without faith, we can't. If you are not having the position, you can allow me the position. If I'm looking after a place and you wanted something from that place, I can say, come to me, I will help you. Because I am there. But if I'm not there, how could I help you? So this is something you have to understand that if you are a believer, you can help. He went on to say, Ya Ma'ashara Quraysh O gathering people of Quraysh Anqidhu anfusukum minan nar Save yourself from the hellfire. Ya Ma'ashara bani Abdul Muttalib O you gathering People from the family of Abdul Muttalib Save yourself from the hellfire Indeed the one who directs people Guide people The one who is trusted To his people or especially his family he will never lie to his family He's trying to tell his family Because most of the people there standing are his family I will not stand as a member of your family Lying to you I will only tell you the truth Okay Wallahi By Allah Almighty God If I lied for all of mankind I will never lie to you And if I cheated all humanity I will never cheat you وَاللَّهِ لَتَمُوتُونَ كَمَا تَنَامُونَ By Allah Almighty God, you will die as when you go to sleep. وَلَتُبْعَثُنَّ كَمَا تستيقظون And you will wake up for the day of resurrection as when you wake up from the bed. Easy. Death, by the way, is easy. And when you get up from your grave, it's easy. This is why people say, لَبِثْنَا يَوْمَ We have spent on the dunya a day or part of a day. They don't know how long they have spent. Okay, And he went on to say, إحسانا, And you will be rewarded for the good you do. Goodness from Allah. And for the evil you do, you will be punished. وَإِنَّهَا لَجَنَّةٌ أَوْ لَنَارٌ أَبًا. And it is indeed either a garden forever, paradise, or a hellfire forever. Now, Because Abu Lahab said to the Prophet, Sallallahu Tabban, Allah revealed to the Rasulullah immediately the surah, Tabbat yada abil lahabim watab. Ma aghna anhu maaluhu wa ma kasab. Sayasla naran dhata lahab. Wa amraatuhu hammalatal hatab. Fijidihah hablim masad. This is a very special surah revealed to declare. Anybody who will openly declare animosity against the Prophet for no reason but out of hatred the hellfire will be his abode. And I'm always telling the brothers when we see today people standing drawing cartoons making films against the Prophet don't worry about it. I didn't see at that position any of the companions trying to do anything and later on when people like Umar bin Khattab used to take their sword to defend the Prophet the Prophet used to say leave it. Don't do, don't do nothing. We don't do that. I'm saying this because today some people want to fight for Rasulullah What are you going to fight for Rasulullah Fight to him by changing your character. Fight to him by doing the good that he used to do. Fight to him by guiding the people through his guidance. But don't do against his teaching in the name of Islam. It doesn't make sense. By killing innocent people you think you are inviting people to Allah? Allah, Allah. That's not the way. So we need to look at what he used to do and do like him, alayhi wa salam. And it is reported, subhanAllah, Abu Lahab used to love the Prophet so much, two of his daughters, because the four of them were living, almost in his house, were named for two of his sons. And because he loved Muhammad One of his ways of making Muhammad leave this path is one day he said to his wife take your sons and go to his house and say to him in order for them to marry the girls you must leave what that you are following otherwise you will not go through with it. It's an insult. But when they came the Prophet said to him or said to the wife fine, we accept what you say. But they did not feel happy because they wanted him, they felt because they had everything. He, sallallahu alayhi wa will say, no, I will leave what I'm following so that I can help you. But this will not be accepted. Okay? With Rasulullah sallam. Abu Talib, because he was like a father figure for him, said to him, إِنَّا O Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa we love to support you. وَنَسْمَعُ لِنَصِيحَتِكَ And uh, to listen to your advice. وَإِنِّي أَسْرَعُ النَّاسِ إِلَى مَا تُحِبْ I will be the fairest person rushing to do that which you love. فَمْضِي لِمَا أُمِرْتَ بِهِ Go to that which you have been commanded to do. فَوَاللَّهِ لَا أَذَلُّ أَحُوْتَكَ وَأَمْنَعُكَ غَيْرَ نَفْسِي لَا تَطَوِعُنِي لِلْإِمَا مَا جَئْتَ بِه By Allah Almighty God, I will protect you. I will shelter you. I will do everything to keep away the enemies from you. However, my nafs is not allowing me to accept what you say. But you are all right. That is very important. One of the things that I think about at that moment when I read the seerah, from what he says, just like his grandfather when he said to Abraham, for the Kaaba, there is the Lord that will protect. He is saying here, Look, I agree with you, but I can't say it. As if it is a wisdom, because if he declared, there will be big problems. There will be a very big problem at that time. But Allah knows why that is not being allowed. Okay? Abu Lahab then turned around and says, By Allah Almighty God, this is the worst calamity that has passed our family. This is a musiba, a calamity, that is befalling us as a family. Abu Talib said, Wallahi Ya by Allah Almighty God, as long as I am alive, I will not allow anybody to touch him. Because Abu Lahab Wanted Abu Talib because he was the leading figure of Mecca to do something. And usually the brothers respect their Allah. But he refused. He said, I will not allow anybody. Let him leave him alone. Let him do what he's doing. He felt it was an insult at that time. <laughs> Abu Lahab carried on with his harming of the Prophet ﷺ, through his tongue, through his words. The Prophet used to walk in the market openly. Passing by, you say, Ya ma'shar al all you people who are gathering in the market, say, La ilaha illallah. And Abu Lahab would be following him in the market for no reason. The moment he says, La ilaha illallah, you say, kathabta, kathabta. You lied, you lied. Or you are a liar, you are a liar. Which was sad. To hear it from somebody whom the Prophet ﷺ used to love and relate to. Okay? And then he used to carry on and say, إِنَّ دَعْوَتَهُ لَا Indeed, his da'wa is bidah. He is innovating in our religion. And it is false. Don't listen to him. He spent most of his time and his wife, Ummu Jamil, discouraging people from listening to the Prophet Sallam. Wherever he used to stand to speak, he would stand behind him making noises, saying bad things, doing that which will upset anybody who was listening at the time. One day he says, إِنْ كَانَ مَا يَقُولُ حقا, If Muhammad Sallam is saying that which is true, if I don't follow him, I'm going to go to the hellfire, then he should realize that I'm a rich man with a huge family, many children. In the day of judgment, my wealth and my children will save me. Allah said, مَا أغنى عَنْهُ مَالُهُ وَمَا كَسَبُ Whatever he has, children or wealth in this world, it will never be sufficient for him to be saved from the hellfire. However, the only thing we learn about him, because the Prophet used to love him, and he loved him sallam, for one reason that the day he was born, Al Aslamiyah, they said to you in the previous lesson, okay, she rushed to the Kaaba and he was coming out and she told him the good news that Amina gave birth to a son, and out of joy he freed her. And for that, Rasulullah said, every Monday, the day I was born, in the hellfire, Abu Lahab will only be punished up to his ankles, Only his feet. The rest of his body will not be punished. That means he will receive minimum punishment. Because of the happiness of the birthday day of Muhammad. S. What about a believer who's always happy that Muhammad is being born? What about a believer? And you hear people saying to you, don't celebrate the birthday day of Muhammad. Okay? So we need to think About that. As I said his wife Mujamil she is the sister of Abu Sufyan. When she heard that uh, Surah is being revealed against her and that the Prophet is reading it people are telling her the Prophet is insulting you and his uncle. And Abu Sufyan, by the way used to absolutely hate the Prophet He was angry with him. He was fighting him while while in Mecca, not openly, but behind the scene. And when he went to Medina, he led all the army that was fighting the Prophet. He was the one who was preparing, financing, declaring, doing everything. Until the conquering of Mecca. This is Abusifian. SubhanAllah. She straight away went to the Prophet and she found him sitting with Abu Bakr they were sitting together before she left because she was very angry she said how can Muhammad Sallam insult his uncle publicly and insult me and read such words Tabat yada bin watab. how can he do that by Allah Almighty God if I find him I'm going to throw these stones on him So when she walked to the Kaaba, the Prophet and Abu Bakr were sitting, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blinded her from seeing the Prophet, but she saw Abu Bakr. She came to him and said to him, Ya Abu Bakr, why does your friend insult me and my husband? By Allah Almighty God, if I find him, I will punish him with these rocks. I will throw all those rocks on him. And then she left. Abu Bakr turned to the Prophet, and said to him, Ya Rasulullah, you are sitting next to me. She haven't seen you? How come? He says, her intention was genuine. She was intending to throw me with these rocks. But Allah protected me. He blinded her from seeing me. And therefore we tell the people all the time, later on the Prophet ﷺ when he was making the hijrah and he took the dust, and recited Quran and threw it over the heads of the men who were waiting to kill him We will talk about this in the hijrah. They were blinded to see him. They couldn't see him. And today we can do the same thing. When somebody is trying to do anything to us, we can if we have the faith in Allah and the faith in Muhammad, sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Okay? Now, some of the people of Quraysh, they felt life is becoming terrible in Mecca, uh, the people are confused, Many of them are not able to continue their life and their living and their livelihood as the way it used to be. The slaves want to be given freedom, the poor people are demanding their rights. So there is like a revolution taking place. And the whole cause is Muhammad. So they gathered and they went, okay, to his uncle Abu Talib. And they said, Inna ibn Ahika wa Wasafah Ahlamana. فَإِمَّا أَنْ تكفه عَنَّا وَإِمَّا أَنْ تَتْرُكُهُ لَنَا O oh, Aba طالب. Indeed Your cousin Muhammad Peace be upon him He has rejected our gods And our religion And He looks at us as ignorant people That who have no understanding And he made our fathers To be ignorant in the past Either you stop him from what he is doing Or Leave him to us and we will deal with him. That means we are not touching him today as a respect for you. We don't want to create troubles. But if you allow us, we will take care of him. Meaning we will kill him and nothing will happen after that. Subhanallah, in all the books of the seerah, they said he denied nothing. He said nothing but he spoke to them gently with care and showed them his concern. And looked after them well as his guest and let them go without a solution. Meaning that he told them, look, listen, he's a young man. Like all young men who are looking for the truth. He's receiving what he's receiving. And you know him. He's not the kind of man who will harm anybody, who will do any evil. So why harm him? Why do any problems? Why create fitna between us? Allow him to what he's doing. So they didn't say anything. Packed their things, and they went. However, they were not happy. Okay? This made them more angry. They came back again. And they said to him this time, Indeed, your honor amongst us, O Abu Talib, is well known. And your position with us, you know how much respect we have in our heart for you. Our request, only one request That your cousin Or your nephew, sorry Muhammad Will stop That which he is doing If he will not stop this time Because we are angry We are gonna fight Until one of the groups will win A bottle, it will be. Blood will be shed. Abu Talib then felt very, very sad. He doesn't want in his reign to be wars and fighting and bloodshed, and especially they're looking after the Kaaba and the Hajj. He felt sad. He called upon Muhammad to come and see him. He told him, Why are you saying what you are saying, Muhammad? Kuffa'anum. Stop yourself from doing anything against them. Just leave them alone. He turned to his uncle and said, أَوَلَا أَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَى مَا هُوَا خَيْرٌ لَهُمْ Shouldn't I invite them to that which is better for them? Abu Talib said to him, وَإِلَى أَيْشَيْنَ تَدْعُوهُمْ For what are you inviting them? قَال, he said, أَدْعُوهُمْ إِلَى أَيَتَكَلَّمُوا بِكَلِمَةَ وَاحِدًا I'm inviting them to say only one word. يُكَلِّمُونَ بِهَا الْعَرَبُ وَالْعَجَمُ they must address the Arabs and the Adam with this word. Abu Jahl, who was sitting in the meeting, says, What's this word by your father you are telling us? We will give you a better word and even 10 more words than what you are going to give us. That means we know better than you, O oh Muhammad. You are young. You know nothing. You will turn to Allah alone and say there is none worthy to be worshipped but Allah. They became very angry. Imagine these are the noble people of the land. They became absolutely angry and they turned to him and they said to him, okay, give us something different. There's nothing different. What else can he give them? Okay, give us something. Different or ask us to do something other than what you are asking us. This is out of arrogance, of course. It became very hard for Abu Talib and he was wondering what to do next. What, what, can he, what can he do? Okay? He says, Oh, Muhammad, oh, my nephew, please save yourself and save me from trouble do Don't burden me above that which I can carry. He says then, the most famous statement he has ever said. يا Oh my uncle, by Allah Almighty God, if they put the sun on my right and the moon on my left. And they want me to leave this affair, I will carry on trying to deliver it to every human being I will meet, or I will die for his sake, subhanahu wa ta'ala. I will never stop. This is statement, by the way, when you sit alone and you reflect about it, it should give you the yaqeen, the concrete faith in your heart that whatever happened, you should never leave La ilaha illallah. Allah whatever happened. If somebody says to you, either you leave it or we're going to kill you, I always imagine they're like the brothers who are in Guantanamo. It makes me feel sad if those who are torturing them and doing evil things to them are telling them to leave this deen. It's better to die if they are on the truth. It's better to die. Never, never say openly or secretly, I deny. Never. Never. This is what Muhammad Sallam says. Okay? And you know what happened? He felt when his uncle, for the first time, is asking him this that either me or you will be destroyed, or both of us, please stop what you are doing. And he's saying it to him this more strictly this time. He felt alone. For the first time since. His grandfather died, his mother before him, his father before that. He felt alone. And started crying and crying Ali ibn and he got up and started leaving. And then straight away, his uncle couldn't bear it to see him in that position. He called him back, "Come back, ya Muhammad." He came back, Sallallahu Alaihi He never, he never. Waited until he called him again and again. He didn't say, well, I'm not coming, I'm just going. No, no. It, when he said, "Aqbil Alayah Muhammad, turn to me and come to me, O oh Muhammad. He just turned and came straight away to his uncle. He looked at him and his tears in his eyes, realizing Muhammad was hurt. He said, اذهب يا ابن أخي فَقُلْ مَا أَحْبَبْتَ فَوَاللَّهِ لَا Go, O oh my nephew, and say whatever you love. And by Allah Almighty God, I will never let you down. I will never let you down. Because his uncle for the first time realized what Muhammad is saying is nothing that he is saying from his mind or from his tongue. It is from his heart. He believed in what he is saying. Our faith has to be strong. We have to be like Muhammad Now, One day, Quraysh could not understand why his uncle is still supporting him. The stake is high if they fight Quraysh. They don't want to do that. They are families. They are related. So they said the best thing to do is to choose the most handsomest young man, the most strong, the most accepted, in the community Aliqwan, they chose a guy called Amara. And they brought him to Abu Talib. They sat all of them sitting, all the noblemen. And they said to Abu Talib, trying to contain this issue. We would love to exchange Muhammad to Amara. You take Amara, he can become your son and give us Muhammad. And Amara is yours, you can do whatever you want with him. And Muhammad is ours to do whatever we want with him. He says this beautiful statement. You give me your son so that I can raise him up and look after him and I give you my flesh and blood so that you can kill him. Wallah, this will never take place. They were willing. Anything they will do. But he was there for him because of Allah. One of the men who were sitting called Al-Mud'im, Ibn Uday, he said to Abu Talib, your people are justly giving you a solution for this problem. They don't want fitna in the community. Abu Talib said to him, Wallahi ma'ansafuni. By Allah they were not just in what they said. You have all come here my brothers. To let me down by doing that which you know in your heart is wrong. Muhammad has never harmed anybody. Muhammad has never said anything to hurt anybody or to break the heart of anybody. Muhammad is talking about God. And you all know there is one God. You all know that. Now Abu Jahl... went from the meeting very angry. And people were trying to get the news. You know when people meet leaders, when they come out, everybody wants to know. In our day today, the media is there and we all want to listen to the news. He says, does Muhammad وسلم, in front of you, in the Kaaba, put his face on the ground and make sujood? Yes, he does. He comes and pray. Because they didn't used to pray like that. To him this is bid'ah. And subhanallah, he said, By Allah if I see him in that position I will put my feet on his neck And I will Put his face Okay In the dust I will wipe his face on the dust And subhanallah He walked Towards the Kaaba And he saw Muhammad Sallam was making sujood. <laughs> he wanted to go and approach him so he can put his, as he promised. Because he said, By Allah and I will do this. When he went, he suddenly went back. His colors changed. He started doing like that. Fighting with his hand, jumping like a mad person. And then he went back and he said, Malak, what's wrong with you, Abu he couldn't speak for a while. He said, by Allah Almighty God, what I promised I was going to do for Allah to Al-Uzza, but I saw a hole with flames coming out of it, with creatures with wings fighting me. They were trying to pull me in. And listen what the Prophet said. <laughs> If he approached me or came close to me, the malaika would have brought him into destruction by breaking his limbs one by one. In front of everybody, they will be able to see that. They will come out and appear. But he was not able to. He was too coward. He went back. Ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah says, this is in the hadith in Bukhari. If I see Muhammad وسلم, in the Kaaba praying, I will put my feet on his neck. ذلك, وسلم, when this news reached the Prophet, وسلم, he said, If he did that, If he had the courage to do that, the malaika will take him openly. Every man and woman will see him. Taken by the malaika. Be punished. Once, again Abu Jahal says, to people who are saying, yeah Abu Jahal, do you know that your nephew comes now, not just pray around the Kaaba, but he pray in Maqam Ibrahim, because only the noble used to pray there. He prayed in the Maqam. They became very agitated when they are talking to him. He became very angry. He says Abu Jahal to them. Okay? This time, if I see him praying in the maqam, I promise you by Allah, I will kill him. He went to the Kaaba. Immediately he saw the Prophet approaching. He was coming in. He was going to approach him and say to him, Ya Muhammad. Don't go and pray in the maqam because if you do today, I'm gonna to kill you. He could not even stand up to walk. The carriage is gone, he could not even get up to walk to Muhammad. Sallam. The people with him said, What stops you? Why don't you go to him before he starts his salah? Go to him. I see between me and him fire. I see between me and him flames. I see between me and him wings. How could I fight him? What can I do? I can't do nothing. In the hadith, also reported in al Bari, If he approached me at that time, just walking, not praying, the malaika will appear openly and destroy him limb by limb which will destroy him he will not have any chance now one day as well I'm telling you this thing to realize how much the Prophet suffered for us how much he gave for our sake how much he did to make sure that we will benefit today A lot of the leaders of Quraysh were sitting around the Kaaba and they used to mock the Prophet when he passes by or he walks. And subhanAllah, they were looking at the Prophet coming to pray, so they started talking between themselves. And he came and started his prayer. And not far away from the Prophet a Kamil, she-Kamil gave birth. Okay? And there is blood. So they said, who will have the courage to take this blood and put it on the back of the Prophet ﷺ while he's praying? One of the unfortunate people who was sitting there says, I will do. They all said, well done. He went and took the blood and put it on the Prophet ﷺ back while he did in sujood. The Prophet ﷺ did not move. And those men started laughing and laughing. And they were shaken and they were falling about. Fatima ﷺ came from a distance. She saw the condition her father is in. She removed the blood from his back. And she felt sad. The Prophet ﷺ got up, finished his prayer, and turned. And he said, wa salam, Allah, Allahumma alaika al mela'a min Quraysh. He just turned to them and looked at them, nothing. Oh Allah, I leave those people of Quraysh who have just found it funny while I'm worshipping you doing what they have done. I leave them for you. The Prophet said, Wallah, I had never seen a group of men who were supposed to be the leaders and the most courageous more frightened than those men. They were so worried and frightened of what will happen to them. Amr um, ibn al anhu, said, once the Prophet was around the Kaaba, making tawaf, and a group of young men who want to show that they can do something. If the elders cannot do anything, we'll do it to defend our gods. So they came to him, are you the one who is always insulting our gods? Are you the one who is denying our religion? Are you the one who is putting our fathers down? And they were surrounding him and they were pushing him and pulling him and kicking him. And Abu Sadiq says, we could not, see any man being humiliated like the Prophet at that time. So I got up and I stood by him and I was holding him, taking him out. And I said to them, you kill someone or you punch someone or you insult someone because he said, my Lord is Allah. You just for this reason, if somebody declare his face in one God, you deny him that? It is his freedom. It is his right. No one has the right to stop you from worshipping your God. And Sadaqallah, Allah has told us the truth in the Quran when he says, There is no compulsion in religion. If he, the Almighty, has not compelled anybody to believe, who are you to come and compel me? If I believe in one God, that's it. I believe in the one God. You leave me to that. On another time, when they realize all what they were doing was not benefiting them, and he is not denying his God, and he is not leaving his religion, and he is not going to stop his message, they came to him direct. They chose some of those who were eloquent, some of those who were, according to them, more reasonable in their argument, and they sat with him, Ya Muhammad, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, we are coming to you today so that we need to know the truth about your prophecy. If you are truly the Prophet, then you do one thing for us, and we will follow you. But if you don't, we will not. So he said, what do you want? You tell me and I will do whatever you want. We would love to see you through your prophecy changing As-Safa, the mountain, into gold. Then we will believe in you. He said, will you believe in me if I do that? They said, yes. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi started praying. And subhanallah, because of his position when he prays Jibreel come. Jibreel arrived immediately alayhi salam. Qala Muhammad He said "Oh Muhammad Allah Almighty the peace convey peace to you. And he says to you In shi'ita أَصْبَحَ Safa لَهُمْ If you wish now before I go back to the heaven this mountain will become Gold for them. But if any one of them after today denies you or the religion of God or denies me as the Creator Almighty, I will punish them a punishment I had never ever punished anybody before. And thank God, that never happened. Otherwise today we'll be in trouble. You see? الرحمة والتوبة but if you wish I will open for them the door of mercy and repentance the Prophet sallallahu as a mercy to the world he said to him qala sallallahu alayhi wa sallam bala however I choose the gate of repentance and mercy but still they will not be satisfied they wanted more from him okay he went to the Kaaba one day وسلم, and he was making his tawaf and some of the noblemen of Quraysh standing there and every time he passes them by they will whisper something loudly for him to be heard. Saying terrible insulting words. It could be seen in his face as the Muhaddisi are saying. It could be seen in his face he was angry. Again when he passed them by in the second tawaf they will do. The third time he sallallahu alayhi wa sallam turned to them okay straight away he says to them أَمَّا Indeed by the one who holds my soul in his hand Allah Almighty Here I have come to you that you will be slaughtered He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said I had never seen courageous men become so weak in a moment of what just I have said than those men. Immediately, they became very frightened and worried. He had no gun, no sword, no spear in his hand. One of them wanted to stop the fitna because they will be destroyed at that time. He says, in Ya Al-Qasim, go in your way O father of Al-Qasim, rashidan, may Allah show you the best in your past we have never seen from you only tolerance. And you were never one of those who are ignorant. Can you believe? This is one of the men who were standing there fighting him, insulting him, but yet Allah through his tongue bring the truth. Muhammad <laughs> He was the most tolerant. He will never, never go out of his way to upset, to annoy, to oppress, to let down, to put down, to break the heart of anybody but he was always healing people, helping people, supporting people, alayhi wa Salam, Okay? And in those days, when Rasulullah was really suffering in Mecca, and life was miserable, he was telling the companion later on, he said, do you realize, if you think today we are living in Medina, and we are in difficulty, when we were in Mecca, in the early days, me and Bilal, we spent 30 days hungry we could not even get a piece of food that will cover the underarm of Bilal That, from the size of it and imagine something as small as that that will make us feel good never not one piece of food for 30 days if we think life is difficult today imagine what the Prophet went through don't you ever sit one day feeling sad about yourself because you don't have. By Allah Almighty God, what we have here, if you add it together, subhanAllah, we have everything. We have everything. They had nothing. They had nothing. And this is the greatest man whoever to walk on this earth. Anas ibn Malik radiallahu ta'ala anhu said, okay, جاء جبريل nabi النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ذات يوم وهو جالس حزين مما أصابه من بعض أهل مكة بالضرب والدم ظاهر على جسده الشريف من أثر الضرب He sallallahu alayhi wa sallam one day he was sitting very 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 sad there is signs that somebody was beating him and there is blood dry on his skin and Jibreel come to me and said oh Muhammad sallallahu الله عليه وسلم, why am I seeing you so sad so upset what is this happening to you? He said to him, This is what my people did to me. He said to him, Should I show you a sign, Ya Muhammad? Look at the relationship between Jibreel and Muhammad. Sallam. He's trying to make it easy for him. He's trying to take his mind away from beginning to hate his people for what they are doing to him. Shall I show you a sign of signs of God? He said, Yes. He said, Can you see that tree there? Under the tree, very beautiful bush next to him. He said, Yes, I can see it. He said, Call it to come to you. You don't call a tree to come to you. So Muhammad said to him, What are you asking me to sit? That tree, you see it? He said, I see it. Call it to come to you. And Muhammad said to the tree, Ta'ali ilayah, come to me. And the tree just walked. Like a human being walked, came sadly exactly in front of Sallam. The Prophet smiled. He said to him, Do you like what you have seen? He said, Yes, I do. He said, Then ask it to go back to his place. The Prophet said to the tree, Rija'i la mechanic, return back to your place. And the tree walked back to the place where it came from. And then Jibreel السلام, said to him, O oh, Muhammad, I have only come to show you this, to tell you what you are going through is nothing. Because whatever has happened to you is pleasing to him, Subhanahu wa Ta'ala. What we learn from this is that anything we get out in this world through misery, through difficulty, as long as we are with Allah, as long as we are following Rasulullah, as long as we are doing it with good intention, as long as we are going it to support, to help, to do good, never, never, never feel you are wasting your time. Carry on doing what you are doing. At the end of the day, Allah is with you. Allah said in the Quran, If you support Allah, Allah definitely, surely, will support you and give you help. And to finish with, for today inshallah, Khabab, one of the companions, said, <coughs> I came to the Prophet wasallam once after I felt a lot of us who are embracing Islam secretly in Mecca, are receiving a lot of punishment and suffering. And our families are suffering. So I looked for him and I came to the Kaaba and I found him reclining. He's putting something under his head. What we call Visada, which is a pillar. and lying down. So I came to him. I said to him, Ya Rasulullah, O Messenger of Allah, we have suffered. (coughs) And many of us are unable to continue the way we are. Could you please make a dua for us? This will stop. He said, Wallah, what the Prophet taught me and told me at that moment made me think. He said, "Alaikum salam O khabab, by Allah Almighty God, what I know, that which used to happen to the people before you, in the time of the Prophet before us, that they were not just punished like the way you are punished today. They used to make comb from steel And they will comb their skin and their flesh and their muscle out of their bones. But one of them, with that evil punishment, will not leave his God. What we are going through today may be difficult. But it will never resemble what used to happen in the past. That means it is easier today. Don't worry about it. Continue. Save yourself. Stand by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he says to him, Okay? He said to him, remember khabab, all this suffering that you are going through now will continue. But Allah will fulfill his mission and the message of Islam will spread and every corner of this earth will receive it. And people will know who Allah is and who his messenger is. And people have the choice whether to choose that path or to deny it. But I, by Allah Almighty God there will come a time when a person will travel between the two famous cities okay, of Sana'a and Hadramot. We know. And there will be peace. Because they used to be fighting an argument between the tribes. And if you even bring a wolf to look after your sheep, your sheep will be in peace. The wolf will not turn against them. So, this is what we are praying for. This is what we are hoping for. When I look today and we see our Ummah and we see the misery that our innocent men and women and children going through, and many who are leading us in the name of Islam and doing things against what the Prophet brought, I feel sad. Because the message of Muhammad is to be adhered to, is to be listened to, is to be followed. If we truly love him from our hearts, we look at his example from his life, and we do exactly what he did. Today, we live in a world whereby many of us would love to practice Islam, and to live Islam. And nobody is denying Islam. But yet I hear voices saying, we are not being allowed. I lived in this land for 35 years. Not one single day, one person came to me and said to me, don't pray. Not one single day, I try to do an Islamic activity, somebody said to me, don't do it. Look at us. We are gathering to talk about Allah. Look at the place we are worshipping It used to be a church. Can you imagine? What ni'mah this we are in? Subhanallah. So we need to keep this. We need to fight for this. We need to fight for it not by going out and harming the innocent, but by educating ourselves, by learning about the truth, by putting the religious in practice, by doing the good. By making sure that what the Prophet said will never be in vain. And I finish with this statement. He says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Khairan Talqa Sharra. wallahi, you do good and you receive evil or bad by Allah not. وَتَفْعَلُوا شَرًّا And you do evil and you expect to get good? Love Allah. By Allah we will never. إلا the reward for good, only good. So may Allah guide me and guide you. May Allah strengthen me and strengthen you. May Allah give me fear and give you fear. And may Allah allow us to learn through the journey of the seerah how to conduct ourselves. How to go through our life living the life of Muhammad When we say we love him, and we will die for him. I hear a lot of the young say, I will give my ruh and my blood for you, my flesh and my spirit for you. But then we are going the wrong way. The right way is to follow suit. The right way is to do what he said earlier on. Link with your family. Keep away from the idols of the dunya love only Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala by following rasulullah sallallahu wasallam do the right thing by Allah and Allah will always be by you yansurullah yansurukum wa yuthabbit aqdamakum alaikum marhab alaikum assalam okay if you support Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allah will support you Allah will help you Allah will give you tawfiq fi dunya wal akhirah may Allah give me and give you tawfiq inshaAllah جزاكم الله خير أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه أجمعين يا من ترانا وتسمعنا وتعلم حالنا وَلَا يَخْفَى عَلَيْكَ يكون مَعْرِفَتِنَا وَأَحْوَالِنَا يَا رَبَ الْعَالَمِينَ اغفر لنا وارحمنا واسترنا وانصرنا أجيدنا كلنا لا تكون علينا يا كريم رب احفظنا بحفظك التام واسترنا بسترك الجميل رب احفظنا بحفظك التام واسترنا بسترك الجميل يا رب هيئ لنا من أمرنا رشدا واجعل معونتك الحسن لنا مددا بالأولياء بالصالحين بجمعهم من جاءنا القرآن عنهم مرشدة فرّ بفضلك إلهي كربنا يا خير المدد الأنم له يدا وصلّ وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآله وسلم محانا رب العزيزة ما يصفون وسلامنا على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين